Nobody questions things in this country anymore. Nobody wants to rock the boat. It's all bullshit, folks. It's all bullshit, and it's bad for you. But we believe them because they're pounded into our heads from the time we're children. Children should be taught to question everything, to question everything they read, everything they hear. Welcome to Question Culture with Brian and Lornette. This is a bi-weekly podcast where each episode, Lornette and I will be discussing and questioning conventional wisdom about a topic we believe is important. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Q Culture, Q-U-E-C-U-L-T-U-R-E. That's Q, Q Culture on Twitter and Q Culture One on Facebook. There we highly encourage our listeners to ask us questions, start a civil debate, or provide topic discussions for future episodes. If you're interested in learning more, we also share links to the documentaries, articles, and books mentioned in each episode on our Facebook page. On today's episode, we will be discussing freedom of the press. Do we have it? <laughs> How's it going, Lornette? <laughs> hey, what's going on? Hey, everybody, uh, Lornette Vestal again. Uh, you can check me out at, obviously, Question Culture um the podcast and also you can check out my website the evolving man project which i do uh, link to question culture the podcast and you can also read original pieces um, by myself and fellow collaborators on that website um, along with um checking out the podcast with myself and brian so um yeah let's get into it (laughs) do we have freedom of speech in the in the (laughs) freest country God ever gave man has has Sean Hannity says the bestest, freest, most bestest country in the whole entire world, 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 in all the universes. We got freedom here, America. That's a that's a good idea for another episode too. Is American exceptionalism? Um, well, goddamn, we got right. freedom, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> um, it's freedom to do what? Freedom to own everything. Freedom to own freedom. We go to Baskin Robbins. We got 31 flavors. What other country has 31 flavors to choose from? That's freedom right there. You might have two political, <laughs> shitty political parties to choose from, but you got 31 flavors of ice cream. Now, that's that's, that's not freedom. I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's what's important. <laughs> Damn straight. Um, all right. So freedom of press. Um, ideally, technically, on paper, we have it, right? Um, the First Amendment of the Constitution says Congress shall pa- pass no law, um, shall make no law respecting an esta- um, respecting as established religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peacefully assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances. Um, also, the United Nations, after World War II, in the Universal Decora- Declaration of Human Rights, said... Everyone has a right to freedom of opinion and expression. That right includes freedom to hold opinions without interference and to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas through any media, regardless of the frontier. Um, so, Lornette, why do you think freedom of the press is so important? Is it so we can follow our favorite celebrities? <laughs> I mean, if you like to do that, uh, that's absolutely fine. But I think, you know... There is a paradox in the founding of our our, our country. Um, you had them create this document called the Constitution, and although it's an archaic in many ways, it is a found launching point of modern democracy across the world. And many countries across the world have kind of modeled their constitutions, which are a little more progressive, well, a lot more progressive than ours. Um, but it, we were the kind of the model, the Model T. 
were the Model T of um, de- democratic modern constitutions. Because those same people who wrote those constitutions, many of those men owned, um, you know, slaves who were, you know, my family is slave descended, black in this country. So um, that's the paradox there. However, we can, that's a whole nother topic for another, another time. But I think one of the most important things is we, people always yell the constitution, 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 and you got the bill of rights in the first, you know, in the bill of rights. And then you have like the first amendment and the first amendment, you know, what you just spoke about. And what's really interesting is, is this is very vital for a democratic society, because if you do not have freedom to be critical of your political leaders um, at the local, state, federal level, or whatever type of system you have that calls itself a democracy, you are not a democracy. You are an authoritarian. You're a dictatorship. You cannot voice, if you don't agree with your leaders, you know, on policy, on politics, that is a robust democracy. You should have um, that right to critique these individuals and critique the policies they make. And also, if the policies they make cause harm to you, you have the right to, you know, protest, to express your grievances to the government. Because if we are a democracy for the people, by the people, then the people can change said government. And hell, that's even written in the Constitution. Revolution is written into the Constitution, written there by Thomas Jefferson. It's just that when people from disenfranchised groups start spewing that, then Americans are like, wait, wait, hold on now. What is this? We got to just go vote now. Shut up and just go vote. I'm like, well, voting is only a part of it. You got to organize. You got to protest. And I would argue... You, unionize your workplaces that's that's freedom of speech this is the people coming together to address their grievances um but when it comes to freedom of express and freedom of speech i think it's important for individuals and american citizens and you know as a veteran you know you say you you're, you're sworn to protect the constitution and then you see that that's not really happening in practice in, in practice and we have numerous historical examples of those individuals who practiced their freedom of speech or organizations and um, were um, put down, to say the least. Yeah, free and freedom of press is all about in order to make proper decisions and in, in a more order for a democracy or a so-called democracy to function, you have to be knowledgeable of what's going on in the world. And that's what the freedom of the press is. If you don't have a free press, if you don't have people going out there and finding out what's happening and reporting it to you, you're, you know, it's like you were born yesterday, like you have no idea what's going on in the world. So you can't make an educated decision about things. So big part of freedom of the press is just making sure you're informed and know the truth of what's going on. So you can make informed decisions. And the other part of it is shedding light um, on what the powerful are doing. I mean, if you want to be a real journalist is someone who exposes things that people don't want exposed, you know, it's all about keeping the powerful in check. If the powerful can just run around doing everything in secret, then again, you're not informed. You don't know what's going on. You can't make rational decisions. Um, so freedom of the press is really, you know, a, a foundation of a, of a functioning democracy. Exactly. Um, and so I guess I wanted to talk about um, one thing I wanted to kind of connect because I think me and Lornette are going to get in here to a little bit that 
freedom of the press isn't really all that it seems now. You know, we don't have state-run media per se, but the way that these mega corporations that own all the media companies, the way they function, um, it might as well be state propaganda. Um, I think that's kind of a mis... I don't know. I Like, people know the word propaganda, but I think people always think of it as, like, a foreign thing or a historical thing. They don't think, like, everything they're they're viewing on the TV right now is propaganda, even though it is. So that's yeah, kind of I, like I think a, I think yeah. Just one one sign of that is why is before every major sports game, do you need especially like the major sports games? But we can just partic- particular uh, NFL back before COVID, they have flyovers with the you know Jets and stuff like that while they're playing the national anthem and like you know exploding rockets and like Freedom America. Yeah, yeah. Land where my fathers died. Land where the pilgrims pride. And you're just like, and those rockets, red glare, and all that. You know, the 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 they got the um. No, I'm not forgetting the national anthem playing before that, and then the, the military out there and the jets flying over, and that's that's kind of propaganda. It, it's a sports game. Like we're not about to go to war. It's a sports team between two cities. It's the Bears versus the Packers. Why do they need need the yeah, Jets and military the military out there? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a fucking game. It's it's the re- it's a reason why humans have been in sports because it's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't kill each other all the time when we disagree. Let's play this game, and then like you know, whoever wins, you know, there you go. I you know maybe the world would be a lot better if instead of having fucking bombs and blowing each other up, we just use the Olympics to decide you know our political differences. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but that would be like hey, U- hey, U.S. would do it. Well, U.S. would do all right, especially in the Summer Olympics. Yeah, yeah, we we suck in the Winter Olympics. Well, we'd be okay. <laughs> Canada yeah. would be like the king of that. They're like, we're gonna win a eh? not, we're not gonna win the Summer Olympics, eh? But when we comes to the winter, don't you know, we're gonna win, eh? <laughs> um. So just getting so getting back to that that phrase propaganda. So that's um that's one term for it. Um. Back in the day, uh, start of the twentieth century, there was another term for it called yellow journalism. Um. And kind of the definition I found online for yellow journalism was um. Journalism that um, and associated newspapers that present little or no legitimate well-researched news while using eye-catching headlines for increased sales. Um, so I think if that Sounds doesn't... Sounds like the New York Post. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sum up Fox News and NBC. I don't know what does. Uh, it it um, surely so does. It, it's just, it really does. And, and I, th- I think another thing is kind of like indoctrination into this. So like you're told, you're told that in America you have freedom... You have freedom, you have freedom, you have freedom. Well, do you really? Because can you move somewhere without any money? If you have yeah, freedom, I love that, should... that that Bill Hicks quote. Yeah. Where if, uh, if you think you're free, try going somewhere without money. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. so you, you, you don't. Or just, you know, you can't go to the White House and, like, just protest there. I think one of the funniest things about the so-called First Amendment is these protest permits. Like we're good. We, you got to go to the powers that be to, in order to protest them. But you have to get a permit from the city or state or whatever uh, local government. And then they have free speech zone, zones. Like I remember in NIU, like right outside the um, center where they have all the games and stuff like that. It's a free speech zone. It's free speech zone. It's like kind of gated off. So when Dick Cheney came there in 2004 or whatnot. You know, they, they were courted off in this little area. Here goes your free speech zone. I mean, they have something like that in uh, London, too. Like, one of their big, I think, Hyde Park. They have, like, a free speech area. And it's kind of just like, if I have freedom of speech, 
or freedom to assemble, why do I have to go through the state, especially if my grievance is with the state, to protest the state? That that makes no sense. <laughs> That's freedom like to as- freedom to assemble as long as it doesn't get in the way of commerce. <laughs> exactly. Now you 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 know so. I applaud those folks who were out there, you know, in Chicago and other cities stopping traffic in the name of Black Lives Matter, because that is freedom of the assembly. Like people are tired of seeing that they're, you know, people who look like them getting killed and other allies are seeing tired of seeing a certain group of people getting targeted and killed. So if you can't go get your fucking Starbucks, tough titty, maybe you need to like wake up to this. But the thing is, the state, when you have propaganda or yellow journalism, they'll make you seem like those protesters are crazy. Why are they out there protesting? Everything is great here. What are you talking about? Everything's fine. Yeah, and that's kind of what... Um, so I wanted to... Um, with yellow journalism, and, and that that's kind of what it's all about with propaganda is controlling people and get you to think that a cause that you have nothing to do with or is, isn't in your best interest is... So the uh, just to give you some history on it, yellow journalism, the phrase kind of came about early in the 20th century with William Randolph Hearst. Um, so for those who don't know, he was um, an extremely wealthy man, um, born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Um, his dad owned the most successful mines in America and was a senator. Um, so as a gift, when he was started to get into the working world, he was gifted uh, his dad's newspaper company. Um, the company wasn't doing so great, so his dad wanted to see, you know, he had many other profitable business, so sure, I'll give my, my son, you know, <laughs> as all working class people can relate to, here's a newspaper to own uh, as your first job. Just like um, Donald Trump, getting, I got a smaller yeah, right, right. for my dad of $1 million, $10 million, not too much, everybody gets that, I don't know what the pop is, $10 million. it's not even that much, it's just a little bit of money, you know, a little, for a rainy day, you know, that's, my dad loves me, what can I say? Yeah, and so um, so we got this newspaper, and just like we said with the definition of yellow journalism, um, he basically, you know, quote-unquote, did a great job uh, running it because he, you know, newspaper sales skyrocketed, and that's because he did sensationalism. He didn't care what was true. Um, he just wanted to sell papers. Um, and that kind of is where our media is at today, too, with it's more just about getting the views. It's not about actually providing information. And why I think William Randolph Hearst is such a good discussion for what's going on now is because it gives you a view of how someone who controls the media manipulates public opinion for their own financial benefit. So how did William Randolph Hearst use his uh, media company to benefit himself? So the first one um, is the decriminalization of weed. He was majorly responsible for this. All media platforms he'd put out racist things against Mexicans and marijuana, um, how, you know, if you smoke weed, it's going to cause you to grab a gun and kill your grandma and just all kinds of crazy shit, reefer madness. Um, And why did he do that? Well, he owned a large share in paper mills. And hemp was a lot better than paper because you could do a lot more with it. It was a lot cheaper to produce, a lot more renewable, uh, just better in every single way. So what does he do? He uses his media company to do a smear campaign against weed, make it illegal, and then his suddenly his popper, his paper mills are a lot more profitable. Um, and it gets even uglier than that. Um, he's majorly contributed um, contributed with starting the Spanish American War um, for many years. Starting, I think it was in like 1892, he would do constant um, articles about Spain encroaching on America and just whipping up all this completely untrue, all this untrue hysteria, 
Um, and he's even quoted as saying um, to one of his, you know, one of his coworkers went, I think it was in Cuba, went down to Cuba and, you know, William Landolph Hearst wanted, you know, you know, show how they're attacking Americans and all this and everything. And the guy who went there was like, it's just not happening. And he says, well, you just supply the pictures, I'll supply the war. So just get me some pictures that look a certain way, and then I can write the narrative and get people to back it. And ultimately it worked. Um, and then just another, one more example is um, Orson Welles uh, made a video kind of as a nod to him called Citizen Kane. It's one of the most you know popular and well-respected movies in history. Um, but William Randolph Hearst took exception to it because it was kind of about his life. So he basically got it railroaded. And many people don't know this, but Citizen Kane didn't become very popular until long after the movie had came out, even like two, two, three decades afterwards. At the time, a lot of theaters weren't showing in places, all because William Randolph Hearst uses media uh, companies to basically blacklist them. And the funny thing was, it got to a point where the FBI opened a file on Orson Welles, and when they were having the committees for like un-American activities, the FBI used excerpts from William Randolph Hearst's paper to kind of like show how Orson Welles, you know, was an American <laughs> and had all this. So, so it's basically funny how, like, like the Orson, I mean, uh, this William Randolph Hearst, who's a, a, a total asshole, um, and we can judge him by his, his own time frame when he lived or, you know, in a modern context. Either way, you shape, any shape, form, or fashion, he's an asshole. Kind of like Dick Cheney and Bush. But anyway... Yeah. He was like that. He was like that era's Rupert Murdoch. Exactly, and that and that and he's a perfect example of showing how the media company like he, it's not you know he made everyone so afraid like of weed like oh my god it was this monster when really it had nothing to do with weed he just wanted his paper mills to be profitable so it, it's it's just a perfect example of who those who control the media can control a public opinion and get them to do anything regardless of what's good for them you know it's just as long as you know that you can use it for your own uh, propaganda basically exactly exactly and and i think it's kind of to to i think the updated version of yellow journalism for you know the millennial crowd and younger you know we call it clickbait you know it's, it's a sensational headline you read it you like ooh what's this and then it might be total like BS, but like you know, you clicked on it, you got it a view, you it, it's in your brain, even if you don't, you know, even if it's subconsciously, that information is there now. You can't take it away. And wasn't yeah, go ahead. Wasn't that the? It was the own the CEO of CBS too, right? Who said like, uh, you know, I don't particularly like Trump's politics, but he's good for ratings. Oh yeah, so. it was it was <laughs> it was yeah. Well, the media. This is this is one of the things. You know the media has you know did a very good job, and, and let's re- let's let's kind of dissect them up a, a tiny bit for this little piece. Is you have like the Fox News crowd, and like you know Trump is great, he's he's Jesus, we love this we love this guy, he's amazing. But then you have like MSNBC, CNN, and, and, uh, and those other news outlets, and they like Trump is horrible, he's a devil. But back in 2015, 2016, he got like three billion dollars worth of free advertisement of his. Um, of his rallies. I mean, in fact, like we and Brian talked on an earlier episode, we, there was more camera time and, and talking spent of looking at Trump's empty campaign podium booth than something that's going to impact all of us like climate change in the mainstream media. And they gave him all this free press. And, you know, of course, it was easy for him to 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 win the Electoral College 
and, and get them rally that support because he was on the news all the time because like what that, that ABC or NBC CEO said, and you can, you know, research it yourself and, 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 and tell Brian and I what actual station he was. Yeah, exactly I think, what company they own. Yeah, I yeah. think it was CBS though, if I, I'm, I'm, I'm correct. And he's like, you know, you know, it, it's bad for America. He's bad for America, but he's good for ratings. And even if he loses this election in 2020, and he does, and he does decide to step down, he's still going to be in the media because he's an attention whore, and he's not going to go away, and his his supporters are not going to go away, and all the shit that he stirred up is not going to go away. I, I know that people think that if we get Biden in there, everything will be rainbows and butterflies, but um, like the Joker said in The Dark Knight, you've changed things forever. There's no going back. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's that simple. But um, but these things are not, they all have historical precedents. So this William Randolph Hearst laid the foundation for how our media operates to this day. And even back when he was doing that and had that much control over the public, it wasn't even, the power wasn't even as consolidated now. I think I remember reading when he uh, started, when he took over ownership of the newspaper company, I think it said that it was something crazy. Like there were 50 different newspaper companies within New York City alone, and all of them were like extremely pop- popular and had lots of readers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of different media back then, and now that is, it is way, way, way worse. Um, oh, yeah, and I can I can go into that. So um, yeah, the, the, you got the stats there. I got the stats. I got the. Yeah, right. I got the. I got the. I got the stats. <laughs> I got the information. The I'm packing <laughs> yeah. the heat, you know, because I know the people will come in there. It's always that one asshole. Like, well, actually, Brian and Lornet, you might be wrong, but there is plenty of different media out there, very diverse and 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 a plethora of options to choose from. We do have freedom of speech and freedom of press in this country. We're the freest country on earth, Lornet and Brian. So you guys need to calm down. But the reality is this, and this is from Business Insider, which is not a, a, a leftist um, website <laughs> in any sense of the imagination. Those hippies over at Business Insider. Yeah, those goddamn commies. Um, <laughs> and what they say is an illusion of choice. The media has never been more consolidated. Um, and this is from 2011, uh, this information. Um, it probably be some newer information, but this is the best I can uh, research for the show. Six media giants now control a staggering 90% of what we read, watch, and listen to. Now, let's say that six different companies control 90% of what we read, watch, and listen to. And a big reason we got down to six was the Telecommunications Act in 1996 under Democrats um, that reduced uh, the FCC regulation of cross-ownership and mergers. So basically what they did was they just opened the floodgates for allowing, you know, just owner to one owner to own a bunch of different media companies. And we got down to I think it was uh, in 2006, we got down to six corporations. We started out there were 50 um, in, ni- in 1983. Yeah, 50 uh, in 1983. And then it was down to I think that was cut into half down to 25 by the 90s. Um, and now we're down to six. Yep. And those um, companies are General Electric or what you call GE. News Corp, which is basically Fox, Disney, which we all know from Marvel movies, Viacom, which is Paramount, Time Warner, which is Warner Brothers, and CBS. 
And Fox News is that's uh, Rupert Murdoch, who you were talking about. And he's really, like you said, the best living incarnation of uh, William Randolph Hearst because he owns not only does he own Fox News, he owns a bunch of other companies not to do with media. Um, so you never know when things are on Fox News, just like with William Randolph Hearst, he's talking about all this shit about weed just because he's trying to get his paper mills profitable or starting wars. Um Fox News, it's the same thing. Like these people, and th- that has to do with these six companies owning it too. I, 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 honestly, it's a lot of boomers. But they talk to me like, oh, I watch MSNBC and Fox News, so I'm getting the full picture. And it's like, no, you're not. Those two companies are owned by the same people. They're used to set the parameters of the debate. So, you know, Fox News will set the the parameter on the right side. MSNBC will set it on the left, and then you have to debate within there. When really the right answer is outside you know, their wall of debate. Um, yeah. So I, it, I, it, I find it very interesting because people, you know, we, we, I made the joke about Baskin Robbins. Um, but just imagine that there were only like six restaurants for all of America to choose from. People would be fucking burning shit down. You mean I can only go to Applebee's? God damn it. I want to go to Cracker Barrel. And that's, that's the reality behind it. And they, and it has the illusion of like choice that there's all these different like news outlets, but really when you scratch the surface, they're not. They're the mainstream news is really controlled by corporations. And those anchors there who are, you know, I, I watch Rachel every night, she tells the truth. I watch Tucker every night, he tells the truth. No, the media is millionaire you know, as for the mainstream, the big networks. These are millionaire, you know, spokespeople. They're not even journalists anymore. They just sit in the studio and, and, and spew whatever, you know, talking points that they, they can give their, their audience. And they're millionaires, and they're working for their billionaire CEO bosses to maintain their power, maintain their illusion. That's why every, you know, this past primary, and, you know, um, I know some leftists might get mad about me, like, you know, riding Bernie, but, like, the guy should have went down in flames versus going down in the whimper. But every time he brought up, we need universal health care, we need free college, we need policies that will help people at the, with the most basic of things because not because it's the you know it's, it's it makes economic sense and, it, and it's the moral thing to do so it's because people like purity politics but the thing is this every time he, he bought those things up they always ask him cnn fox news msnbc how are you gonna pay for it how are you gonna pay for it how are you gonna and we can go back to you know war I mean, the second iraq war in 2003 the lead up to that I'm very familiar with that, with that one because um, I got a free ship ride uh, straight to the Middle East <laughs> thanks, to, thanks to being a Navy sailor. So, uh, and that built up to the war in Iraq. No one was talking about t- telling President Bush how we're going to pay for this war in, in Afghanistan and how we're going to pay for this war in Iraq. Where's the money going to come from? We got troops on the ground. We got special forces. We got equipment. We got bombs. We got all this stuff to make to you know, have a war. And no one, no one, the, the fact that media was just like, yes, we should go to war. And Chris Hedges, who was working for the New York Times, was a lone voice that was in opposition against the Iraq war. And he was fired. Yeah, they fucking fired him. Did Dixie yeah, that- Chicks said they were ashamed that Bush was from Texas like them. And their careers were fucking destroyed because they used their freedom of speech. And. And I think that kind of go touches to there's this myth of the liberal media. You know, we say that all the time. The mid- liberal media. There's no such thing as liberal media. There's Democrat. Brian, I dare you. It's it's MSNBC <laughs> is liberal. 
Rachel See, Maddow I mean, fighting like, for the little people. God damn it. I mean, all right, you could use you know all these all these terms. They're the like public perception of the term changes so often. But like liberal people are talking like lefty. Like MSNBC is not lefty. It's a Democratic Party establishment media. Fox News is a Republican established media. So. You know, do healthcare as an example. Everyone on the left wants universal healthcare yesterday. MSNBC does everything in its power to discredit. So it's you can't say it's liberal media because it's not. It's Democrat establishment media is what it is. So that's, I don't know, that's one of the especially frustrating things is this like myth about like this liberal media that just totally doesn't exist. Yeah, no, that, that, that really, no, you hit the nail on the head. It's very frustrating, and the sad thing is, there's so many people, you know, personal people I personally know who are just like, yes, MSNBC tells it like it is. And what's really interesting is, you know, I got swept up in 2008 under the whole Obama thing, even donated to his campaign and all the other stuff, and you know, I even read his two books that he had out at the time. And you know, I started watching MSNBC and like really kind of you know trying to follow his presidency and seeing everything that was going on. And like one year into it, I kind of realized like, wow, you know, Fox News is straight up propaganda for like, you know, um, to scare the shit out of old white people and, you know, make them like be afraid of everything and, you know, vote Republican no matter what. And I was like, MSNBC is the low key version of that. But for the Democrats, because, you know, they never criticized any Democrat. It was always like the Republicans are so mean and that's like things are getting done and it's a recession and Obama could do a lot of great things that the Republicans weren't so mean. And it's like, this is, they, they, they come together to like, they, they came together in 2003 to, you know, send Bush to like, let him go to war and then do anything about it. And when Bush, mean when Obama got in office, he didn't prosecute the torturers, and the people who were running the CIA and the military who were, like, giving a thumbs up to torture people during the theater of war, which, you know, was against the Geneva Conventions. They were, Obama was like, we just need to, you know, put the past behind us and we need to look forward. And the thing is, he can't, he couldn't prosecute the um, members of the uh, previous administration because then he would have to prosecute every other goddamn administration in American history because <laughs> exactly. they all been guilty of goddamn war crimes, including himself that is just the way the empire is set up and yeah. they don't even say that on mainstream media that we're empire they just say we're free everything is great and you don't have freedom in china but you have freedom in america but really you do when you have free speech zones with designated areas where you can protest the powers that be dictated by the powers that be that makes that's ridiculous even if I'm a even if I'm a libertarian, I'm like that is no, I, I should be able to do protest where I want to. Like libertarians shouldn't they hate the state telling you where to protest at? But we have that in this country. You need permits to have like fucking marches and stuff and protests, which is asinine and and flies in the face of the First Amendment that people love to talk about. I think you made the like good point though too. Is it's about drumming up fear, and both MSNBC and Fox News do it all the time. Fox News, it's always you know the foreigner. They're always the Mexicans are coming to take your jobs. You know, it's always some foreign person attacking. Same thing with MSNBC. Obviously, like look at all their Russia conspiracy lately. Like, you know, that is a complete cons- unfounded conspiracy theory. Like none of it was true whatsoever, and yet MSNBC, especially Rachel Maddow, had been pumping that shit, you know, forever. And it's always kind of fucking hilarious to me because, like, they use that Russia thing as, like, oh, my God, you know, they, they make him out to be this Manchurian candidate. 
But then the Democrats have been fast-tracking all his judges and haven't resisted him at all. So it's like, if you really think Trump is this existential threat that is controlled by Russia, then why are you expanding his military budget, fast-tracking all his... Like, you're doing everything for him. Yeah, at least that's a dangerous president, yeah. 188 Democrats in Congress voted for his the biggest military budget of all time that he has this stupid space force like we're going to be fucking fighting aliens or something so would you I saw really Independence do that Day, the aliens came <laughs> thank god for will smith he saved us all we need to create a space <laughs> force we don't want those aliens to come back they're very mean trust me i know right so would you be doing all that if you actually thought that he was like this russian secret agent no you wouldn't so you know that fear of russia is just for us the working masses it's not the people in power don't believe that dumb shit no that's just to get us to believe yeah and so if you are critical of the democrats then you know the the democratic voters will be like you're just a russian agent so brian we're i guess we are it's like a new red scare we're, we're russian agents comrades yeah. And the funny, the, the irony about the whole Russiagate thing is, you know, let's just, you know, play devil's advocate. That is true. That the Russian interference, you know, happened in our elections to, to sway a critical mass of voters. We have, the United States has a long, long storied history of intervening in democratic elections across the country. I mean, across the globe. Um, all we got to do is look no further than Latin America in the 80s with um, the great president, Ronald Reagan, the Gibbler, as they called him. And all the Iran Contra scan and all that jazz was us interfering with with democracies and governments in Latin America, not giving those people in Central America and South America self-determination. We we're like, no, we need to fucking sell our goddamn shit down there and we need to expand those markets for companies. They can't be go nationalizing shit down there. So we're going to, you know, that that president might have been democratically elected, but um, we're going to overthrow him. All you got to do is call and uh, talk about Salvador Allende or you can go to the Middle East in 1953. Um, uh, what I forget. It was a Democratic. In Iran. Iran. Yeah. And uh, what was the what was the who was the president at the time um, that was democratically elected? Damn, I can't remember right now. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they overthrew him. He was democratically elected, extremely popular. Iran at the time was a very progressive society. Women went to went to college, went to school. It was, you know, it was it was great. And they installed the Shah, and he was a reactionary, and that led to the Iranian Revolution, where the crazy religious people took over. So, we took a country that was doing all right. Then we installed and- someone who was terrible, and then the revolution happened, and they, the religious zealots took over, and it made a, a bad situation even worse. Um, and and you know what? And there's, there's I have other a, examples of that too, of us. Exactly, and I, and I think a lot of people. I mean, just like you know, like you, you and me just couldn't remember that guy's name. And honestly, it's because it's happened. If you read history, it happens so much. Um, I know the stats something like since 1954, we've intervened in only in over 50 different countries' elections. And what it, interfering means, everything from funding and doing psyops to actually, you know, killing and murdering the leaders. Um, completely, you know, wrecking the elections and then straight up going to war sometimes happens. And that speaks to the greatest flaw of mainstream media. It's not even that they're lying to you when they're talking to you. It's the lie of omission. Yep. So important, important things. If you don't, if you didn't know that we had intervened in that many elections around the world, it's because they don't want you to know. Exactly. So they never, so they never talk about it. And his name was Mohammed, uh, and I might butcher this, 
Masa Dija. Oh, okay. And he was a democratically elected prime minister of Iran. And he was, and they overthrew him they, they, with the CIA-backed coup d'etat, uh, or coup, to install the Shah, who was um, strengthening the monarchical rule. And the United States was uh, orchestrated that. And you can find that information via Wikipedia. So we're not pulling this out of our ass. And, and we've done this in, in, in countless countries across the world. So if Russia did intervene and intervene, intervene in 2016, you know, as Malcolm X famously said, or infamously said, it's the chickens coming home to roost. Yeah, and it's not, and and that's why it's just, yeah, it's just funny to me, just the live omission. Just ever since I started, I would say after college, and even you know more and more, I'm trying to follow independent media, and it's just crazy to me. You know, I'll follow my news for a week and then go look at what the mainstream media is talking about. And they're, the mainstream media is talking about nothing. They're talking about stupid shit. There's never an, an actual analysis of what's going on and why, and of, of important things, you know? Um, but the know, corporate media to... is like the, the new landscape that we live in, and it has the illusion of choice, and people think that, you know, they're getting, you know, news and they're staying informed, and they're really just being, you know, lied to and propagandized. To believe either, you know, um, the Demo- Joe Biden is a radicalist, radical socialist who's going to destroy everything. And I'm like, well, I wish he was a radical socialist. That means we would get universal health care and free college and student debt would be removed. And then if you watch MSNBC, Donald Trump is the devil and every- everything in this country, including slavery, was Donald Trump's fault. Um, he's not he's not the, the po- cause of the problem. He's a symptom of the problem. And if we get rid of him and don't really solve anything, we'll just end up with someone who's more competent and just as just as dangerous or even more dangerous. And now we can move over. And another thing when we talk about mainstream media is actually the folks out there who are trying to still do journalism and the fucking blowback that they've faced and the clampdown that's been coming on over them. And Brian, I think you want to talk about the whistleblowers. Yeah. Um, Cause, and, and honestly, this, really kicked up under Obama. Obama prosecuted more whistleblowers than any previous president. Um, and Hold and on, also, Brian. I, I, I reject that you that you would ever say that I I would ever <laughs> prosecute a whistleblower. I, I believe in freedom and, 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 and Sasha and Malia and Bo and, and my lovely wife Michelle will tell you that I would never do any, anything like that. And, and the drone campaign, that, that's all lies. Edward Snowden... He, he well, leaks you know sensitive information. He, he he deserves to be in jail. I mean, well, it, like we like we say on question culture, it's important to look at what politicians do and not what they say. So your record shows that you. Now, <laughs> now look here, um, Brian. I, 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 I don't appreciate your tone. Don't boo. Vote. <laughs> hey, wasn't that you who drone bobbed a wedding party? I, I cannot deny. Confirm you, that. Uh, that's all. That's all. Didn't you drone bomb an American citizen without trial too, well, well, and his kid? What are you talking about? I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember any of that. It wasn't on MSNBC, so it didn't happen, right? Exactly. So that that's yeah. the thing. So yeah, let's, let's talk um, about Julian Assange and uh, Chelsea Manning yeah. and, and Edward Snowden. These did, these people who are in the national news has like traitors and all these horrible things, and yet. They were fucking doing journalism. They were they were whistleblowers. And, yeah, and, and and another spin by the media tried to de- you know defamation of character to try and destroy these people. Um, so 
all the major media companies, um, they have slowly gotten rid of all their investigative journalists. So NBC, Fox News, they barely, I don't even know if they have any. If they have any, it's like a few people that actually go out and investigate everything. For everything else, they're basically just social media parrots and, and stenographers for the, for the state. So a politician or police tell them something and then they repeat it on the nightly news. And that's basically all they're doing. But despite them sucking at their jobs... Um, there is actually real journalists out there um, doing real good work um, and trying to expose the, the structures of power. And probably the biggest hero on that front um, in the 21st century is Julian Assange. Um, for people who don't know about him, he was the uh, founder and uh, head of WikiLeaks, um, which WikiLeaks is an absolutely amazing organization that has uncovered many different, um, in, you know, has exposed the inner workings of power for many different countries. It's not just the U.S. Um, in Russia, they exposed election election fraud. I think it was in Peru. They exposed all this fucked up shit that they did for oil companies. Um, so it's not just, a, you know, it's, a, it's not just that they're, you know, exposing the power structure of America. It's all over the world. Um, but some things that they did do for us um, that we know for sure. Um, and basically, a lot of what WikiLeaks does is they take uh, whistleblowers, you know, they have whistleblowers um, send them information, and then they um, expose it, basically, they, you know, they find a media outlet that can take it, and then they expose it to the world. Um, so some of the great work they've done, they expose the Afghan and Iraq war logs, which showed um, innocent civilians and journalists being killed. Um, so war crimes, they exposed war crimes in Afghanistan, Iraq, very heinous ones. Um, I forgot the one, the name of the tape from Iraq, but that's what um, Chelsea Manning exposed. And it showed American soldiers um, mowing down innocent civilians and journalists and laughing about it and having a good old time just fucking killing people. Um, so uh, Republicans have always hated Julian Assange since that happened. And then also in 2016, we had the DNC leaks which exposed basically that the DNC colluded with the Hillary campaign to block Bernie from getting the nomination. Um, also, it exposed the corruption of the Clinton Foundation and how they're funneling money and all this shit. Also, um, during that ex ex expose, they talked about the fact that there was a memo sent out to all the, the Democrats who were running that year in 2016. And that was another red hot summer of uprise in the name of Black Lives Matter. And basically, they were told in that memo that was leaked, and you can find this. This is reported in the Huffington Post and other um, credible news sources that are considered mainstream. So, you know, every now and then, sometimes the mainstream media actually does some journalism. But um, a broken clock, a broken clock is right twice a day. Exactly. And basically, it was to say, told those elected, told those folks running, uh, either for re-election or to be put in office. To pay lip service to Black Lives Matter, but do not offer any substantial policy proposals that would actually put an end to police brutality. And we have a whole, you know, couple podcasts about that. So feel free to listen to our one on Black Lives Matter. We go into all these different things. But that's just some of the things that came out in these leaked memos from 2016. And and just to show you how awesome of an organization WikiLeaks really is, they have never had to retract a single story that they've ever put and point out no one has able been able to prove that they have lied ever about everything everything they pr produce is the truth you can't say that about any mainstream media organization i mean i feel like the new york times has to redact stupid shit every other day um 
So it's just truly a testament to how great, you know, WikiLeaks actually is a, a true journalism source. Um, and kind of back to you, Lorna, how you talked about, like, you know, Huffington Post, they, they post it. Sometimes the mainstream media does have to post things because if the story breaks elsewhere and then this respectable news organization doesn't cover it at all, they'll get heat. So that a lot of that, you know, was, was true with the Afghan war logs. Like, they didn't really want to share that because their corporate owners didn't want it. But if they, you know, they're kind of boxed into a corner and forced into doing it because if it comes out everywhere else and then they didn't cover it, they look like the assholes that they actually yeah, are. And actually, like, speaking of mainstream media, like, the Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, who is the richest man on earth, who basically pays his employees pennies, especially in the uh, Amazon warehouses. But Amazon is the evil, the, the you know, the, the great Satan of corporations, and you can't get away from them. Like you know, you sometimes you try to go buy something, and they'll the, the company will send you directly to Amazon. But I digress on that point. They did do some really awesome journalism in regards to the Afghan papers, talking about the Afghanistan war and kind of indicted three different presidential administrations, the Clinton, the Bush administration, the Barack Obama, the Obama administration and the Trump administration of continuing that, that war of aggression in that region of the world and all the mis, the mishandling of money, um, the, the, just the kind of killing of civilians, um, the destruction of lives of, you know, the service members, who have went over there thinking that they're fighting for freedom and spreading democracy and they're really just expanding markets and allowing the weapons contractors to like overrun budgets and things like that to like keep basically the, the government can keep writing them a blank check and they can keep going to the bank because like endless wars is big business. And that story came out at the end of the year and it came out in December. Now, you know, this country, we celebrate, you know, Christmas, like many countries around the world. People are with their families. That, that, that's, that's a huge news story. And they buried it in a time where, like, people aren't really paying attention to the news because they're traveling for the holidays. They're getting, you know, buying stuff for the holidays and all that other stuff. And it just kind of went under the radar. That should have been a story that broke January 2nd, not and And that, not and that goes to the, and that goes to the lie of omission. So if fucking trump's voice cracks at a speech they'll cover that for a week but climate change or anything you know like war crimes being committed oh we'll we'll show that for two minutes at 11 o'clock at night or something you know yeah and, and, we'll, um, and, we'll, and we'll just bury it and ignore it and it, and it's and i would i would i would encourage anybody who's listening to this to check out the um, afghanistan papers um it's really really good it just kind of just like the Panama Papers, that that document that came out mm-hmm. about how the rich people basically avoid taxes and hide their wealth, and that also was kind of like buried. And I, yeah, and I would say this Julian Assange case is a good barometer for what type of news you're watching. Um, if you're so right now, um, Julian Assange is in a prison in England uh, on a trial to get extradited to the U.S., um, and he's basically being tortured to death for being the good journalist that he is. Um, and so this should be major, major news story, this attack on, on the freedom of the press. Um, if you're, if the news that you consume has not been covering this a lot, then you're not watching news, you're watching propaganda, um, because we're basically witnessing the death of the uh, freedom of press. Um, so what's trying to happen is the U.S. government is trying to get Julian Assange to the United States to try him under the Espionage Act. Now, keep in mind, Julian Assange is not an American citizen. WikiLeaks is not a U.S. publication. 
yet they're trying to bring him here and charge him for the Espionage Act, which is a 1917 law passed by Woodrow Wilson, which was basically enacted to make sure that, um, you know, to punish people who were selling secrets to other countries during wartime. So it completely doesn't apply to journalism at all, but that's what they've been using it for ever since, oh, oh our, our favorite guy, Obama, he started this. He started using the Espionage Act to go after journalists. Um, so now, they're now, going now, look, look here, Brian. Now, now you just <laughs> you keep you keep coming at me. Now I, I bought hope and change to America, and, and and my boy Biden will too. And now you're just disparaging my name. Now I, I was a hey, constitutional law professor. I, I know. Didn't these you deport more people than Trump at this point here in the administration? What are you talking about, Brian? I I. I I don't. I don't get what you're talking about. You know, oh, man. I, this this conversation is over. <laughs> Obama out. Um, <laughs> um, so just to show you how corrupt to the and how much power the U.S. empire has over the country. So he's being held in uh, this prison in Great Britain, and they're getting ready to extradite extradite him. And he it, it's it's a complete kangaroo court. Um, he's not being allowed to talk to his lawyers. He's kept in solitary confinement, twenty three and a half hours a day. Um, hasn't seen sunlight in like a fucking decade almost now. Um, but the, he's in solitary confinement, not allowed to speak with his lords, even within the courtroom. They're keeping him in like a glass box. So he like can't even talk to his lawyers. Uh, only a fraction of the media that's normally allowed into a trial is allowed in there. And they're trying to paint him off as this terrorist um, just to get public, you know, just using their media platforms. And, that's, to, and then they like put out some story that he was... He was a rapist, like he he yep. raped some woman in uh, Scandinavia, which they didn't even have enough. They couldn't even charge him. It was such a flimsy, dumbass story. So I mean, they're they're treating him like he's a, a super criminal or a super villain, right? And this man was just um, his organization was just you know reporting the truth and and people who are brave enough to be whistleblowers to put that truth out there in the world. So if he is extradited and and tried and put on trial and put in jail, and perhaps in this crazy country. Um, given the death sentence, uh, that is a huge blow for journalism. And we want to talk about fascism in this country and like, oh my God, it started with Trump. No, this is, this is, this is the, the, the Pandora's box. If they do this to this person, if they do this to Julian Assange, they'll do this to any other person out there who is trying to expose the truth because, well, we got away with the first time. And if they get away one time, they'll keep on getting away with it. And anybody out there who's brave enough to be a whistleblower will become a target. Exactly. That's exactly what this is. It's it's trying to create a chilling effect for people who to to punish people who speak out as a warning, you know, as a head on a spike to anyone else who will try and repeat the same behavior. Um so we have to I mean, I know lots of protests are going on in Britain right now. Um you can follow his um mom especially is very active on Twitter about his case. Um, we got to start resisting and protesting this because if, if we let this happen, if we let them kill him um, and use these old archaic laws on things that don't even pertain to journalism, I mean, we're losing. That's the most, I would argue, the First Amendment is probably the most important of anything in our Constitution. Um, so if we let them get away with this, and he's just a journalist exposing. And I, I kind of think that's why... They've been so successful in attacking him because he doesn't have anyone in his corner because he's exposed everyone. Um, you know, uh, Edward Snowden was able to to hide in Russia, 
um, because he he had just you know exposed American secrets where WikiLeaks has been opposing th- has been exposing things for all countries across the world. He pissed off the Democrats exposing the DNC. He pissed off the Republicans exposing their war crimes. So he's got nobody in power in his corner. He exposed every you know WikiLeaks exposed everyone. So that's why yeah, and, and one of his so uh, one of his whistleblowers, uh, Chelsea Manning, the uh, former soldier, she's been in and out of prison. For the last like what ten or fifteen years, mm-hmm. and, yep. and 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 they're you know you know and slapped with all its, these kinds of insane fines. Like uh, now she's like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Yeah, and and, and the fact that matters, this did like honorable dishonorable discharge, I believe, from the U, U.S. Army, and this was a person, who, an American citizen, who you know was doing the right thing. Like we are committing war crimes, and we cannot sit there and call ourselves the the moral leader of the world. When we are not behaving accord- accordingly, the reason why there's a freedom of, of of press and freedom of speech in this country is, you know, when they wrote the Constitution, Europe was under monarch monarchical rule, and whatever the king or queen said was gospel, even if they were fucking batshit crazy or just evil. And like, if you give someone that type of power, of course they're gonna abuse it. So, in a democratic society, a true democratic society then anybody has a right to be like, look, this is wrong and I will speak up against it. And you should not feel fear retaliation because this is a civil society. And we are really at a dangerous point, a precipice of slipping back to a point where you could not do that. And if you did do that, you'd be murdered. And, you know, people were like, well, that never happened in the United States. We've always been a democracy. Well, tell that... <laughs> tell, that, tell that to Julian Assange. Tell that to Julian Assange. <laughs> you can go back in history. Tell that to the to the black and brown people who lived during the Jim Crow era. Tell that to the slaves. Tell that to the Native Americans who saw treaty after treaty broken. Tell that to the to the Japanese in World War Two during who were put in internment camps. Tell them that they have freedom. Yeah. Tell all those people. And it yeah, and it's gonna and you know even back then you're absolutely right about all of the, all of those examples and things journalism freedom of press wise things were better off back then than they are even now with the control it's under um so yeah like you said we're we're heading down a really dark road really quick and i don't think people realize how far along that path we are um and just one thing i wanted to mention before i forget too is um with Chelsea Manning and Julian Assange, one of the lies that the government's trying to get out there and through their media is that they risked, you know, American service members' lives by exposing their secrets. Um, but that's an absolute lie. They have never provided one shred of evidence that anything they exposed had put anyone in harm's way. Um, that you know, they said they were exposing informants. Everything that they exposed had already happened. The informants were no longer, you know, working in the region. So it, that that's just another lie that they're putting out there to try and, you know, character assassinate any of these whistleblowers. Yeah, and um, um you know that that and that's absolutely right. I mean, it's it's kind of the same way they did the character assassination of uh, Colin Kaepernick, like his his peaceful protests. Um, against you know police violence and murder of unarmed black people in this country, uh, men, women, children, old, young, and every everything in between, and they said that oh, he is being disrespectful to the flag, to the troops, to military families. First off, the flag is a piece of cloth and it's a symbol, um, and any service member will tell you 
you know, well, any honest service member was like, I was, I, I, I'm sworn an oath to protect and serve the Constitution, not a fucking flag. Also, he wasn't talking about military families. One time about military service members, he was talking about the fact that like black men and women are being murdered in our streets. And 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 if you want, you know, some libertarians and conservatives might be on here like he was talking about the he's talking about he was talking about the troops. There have been black troops who were murdered by the police, men and women who served our country, and they were killed, becoming a hashtag. So, but that's the media propaganda to make him seem like the bad guy, to make Colin Kaepernick a a a, a, a citizen. And it doesn't matter if he made millions of dollars playing football and things like that. He was a United States citizen who was like, look, this is wrong. There's an injustice going on. And I'm going to use my, and, and he, you know, he took, he had a huge platform. Brian and I have a small platform. I wish I had the platform that Colin Kaepernick had. That people, you know, millions of people knew who I was before we did this podcast. We get millions of views, but I don't have that. So this guy had this platform and he's, he chose to do it for the right thing. I don't know Kaepernick personally. Um, Brian doesn't, you know, he could be a cool guy. He could be an asshole. I don't know. But the thing is he did the right thing and he took his platform on in the NFL, one of the most popular sports in the United States and was like, we should stop killing people who look like me period. And the media dragged him. And it was, that's just one prime example. Especially Fox news with their whole like culture war. Just relentless. And Tommy Lauren is still going in until this day. I think she wanted to get with him and he was like, no, I don't like your little stuff. And she's mad. Like, how dare you turn me down? I got to destroy you. I'm like, you seen his girl with Nessa? I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I'm married. I'm married. But I'm just saying Nessa, you know, she, she's tried to. Don't, don't, you know, good job, Colin. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's move on to solutions. <laughs> yeah. All right. So being down that this dark path that we are, um, let's talk about solutions. Um, so... I think the first one is kind of we need to start following independent media, um, mainstream media. The the fancier the set looks, the the, new, the news you watch, the worse it is. Um, I started following, and I think the internet is great for this. Um, just start following independent media sources. Who, you know, I guess another thing I wanted to say too is um, another lie of mainstream media is that oh we're 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 not biased. We're we're unbiased. We're just objective, covering the news objectively. Anyone who says that's completely full of shit. Nobody, everybody has intrinsic bias, just being who they are. You cover things that interest for you. Everyone has a bias. So if you want to find people who are actually, you know, speaking truth and doing actual journalism, look for people who, you know, who are honest about their their biases and what they promote. So for like me, I can tell when when a journalist is constantly uncovering, you know, war crimes or, you know, exposing corporate corruption, I know that they're trying to dig at the truth. Where if there's somebody just, well, the police said this or, oh, the owner of Exxon said this, I know they're just parrots for the powerful. So dropping, stop watching, basically, I'm sorry to say pretty much everything on TV I mean, RT has a couple good uh, shows, but other than that, anything, everyone on, main, on Fox News, MSNBC, your local news, it's all dog shit. Oh, yeah, because, um, like, you know, it's a great movie that talks about, like, um, local news, because we didn't really cover local news, because we were talking about the big, big, big major cable news networks. But it's called Nightcrawler, and uh, it kind of went under the radar, because I think it was a hit a little close, too close to home. And usually movies are bullshit, and they're 
can be propaganda. All you got to do is look at the Marvel movies. But I digress. <laughs> but um, it talks about kind of like how the, the, the local news is always going, talking about violent crime and making things in cities and in, in, in the regions seem far worse than what they are because, like, that's sexy. That's like the yellow journalism Brian was talking about. It, like, you know, oh, my God, this, this, this person was killed by, like, this, this burglar. Like, oh, my God, like, we're going to be next. I mean, my wife and I, when we first moved to Atlanta, we we're, were new to Atlanta in 2015. So we decided to, like, kind of watch the local news just to kind of get a sense of what was going on in the city because we're, we're new here. We're not, we're not residents. We, we didn't grow up in Georgia. And I swear, you know, after two weeks of watching it, you know, you were afraid that like if a, if a, if a, if a gas, if a Georgia power guy came to your house to like fix a gas leak, he might just be someone who stole his outfit to like rob you blind because there were like multiple stories. Like to get people who are acting as utility workers who are like robbing people. It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. And it's, it's like that might happen once or twice with a couple people. And the stories. That's what I mean, but. Yeah. They show petty crimes, yeah. but omit the the huge crimes. Yeah, but they you know? never talk about how like the billionaires are like getting off like bandits, and like you know, not paying taxes and shit like that, or just like doing deals with drug dealers across cartels across the world, and like laundering their money. And like you know, they're not. It's just that goes under the radar. No one talks about that. Bitcoin reported on that. Fucking Bitcoin. So these are the things that get swept under the rug. White collar crime in Chicago. Rahm Emanuel, the democratically elected mayor, uh, during his election year in 2014, um, buried this buried this story that the police had shot a young man named Laquan McDonald, 17 years old, seven like what, 17 times. It was ridiculous, horrible, and they buried that story, and it didn't come out till years later. He was no longer the mayor when that came out, or he was just stepping down, and no accountability there. He was the mayor that was under his watch. Not to mention in Chicago, this is my hometown, they had a fucking torture site. And only one cop went down for that. A torture site where they would take yeah. sus- sus- suspects. And most of these people. What was people that called? Were, something, with an, something with an H, right? I, for, I, I, for, I forget. It was, it, was yeah. it was a black site. It was a black site. But yeah, it was, it was legit. It was real. It was a black site. And only one cop went down for that. It was a fall guy. And the media. Barely reported on it. You didn't hear it in the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. In fact, CNN did a whole, whole fucking goddamn documentary about Chicago, and they painted Rahm Emanuel as like the the good guy. Like oh, I'm so powerless, I can't do anything. It's the city council that's they're, they're the reason why the yeah. schools are closing and like everything <laughs> in Chicago so bad. I'm trying to do my best. It was just a fucking fluff piece for that son of a bitch. And I'll say that again, and, son of. And he was a democratically elected mayor. So don't sit exactly. there and when you watch the mainstream media, if you watch MSNBC all, MSNBC all day, or that son of a bitch Bill Maher, because fuck him too. Um, yeah, you'll be like the Democrats are the good guys and the Republicans are the bad guys. It's not like a fucking movie. It's way more nuanced, and there can be bad guys on on all sides. And strangely enough, living in the South, you know, these asshole Republicans, there'll be like one or two things that they're fucking great on. Like my wife works with somebody who's great on goddamn predatory loans because he's like, I used to be a cop. These communities are being exploited. Some of these people I was arrested were because they had these fucking high interest loans and it's fucked up and I'm doing everything to fight it. This is a fucking Republican. And the Democrat is supporting predatory loans and saying that they provide jobs. So... Everything ain't so black and white. So if you want to talk about the independent media sources, um, my wife and I listen to Democracy Now!, but you got uh, The Intercept is a good one. 
You got revolutionary news. You got the anti-media, the fifth column, column, the free thought project, the Colbert report. Uh, Brian, do you have some uh, independent media sources that you like to listen, look at? Yeah, and, listen and, to? and we'll link and we'll link these all on our Facebook page. But um, uh, the Gray Zone is amazing. I love that website with Aaron Matei, Max Blumenthal. Um, lots of good reporters on there. Telesaur English is a great news uh, site. Mm-hmm. Um, Empire Files with Abby Martin and Mike Preisner. Secular Talk with Kyle Kalinsky. Um, Art Killing Apathy with Eleanor Goldfield, uh, Redacted Tonight with Lee Camp, uh, On Contact with Chris Hedges. Um, so we'll link to all these media. Um, there's lots of good ones. The Real News Network was great. I don't know if they're still around, but um, lots of good independent medias. We're also going to have to work together to fund these because any good, you know, it all, that's a good start, too, is when you are going to co- consume media somewhere, see who owns it. If it's owned by one of these six companies, it's probably dog shit news. Um, and what that means is these independent news organizations, we're going to have to fund them because corporations aren't funding them. So we're going to have to do it. So I know I, it's funny. Sometimes people and I, you know, that's me included. Like, we'll go buy all this stupid shit. I'll eat fucking Chipotle five times in a week. But then, you know, a website wants two dollars to help fund. And it's like, oh, I don't know, two dollars. You know, so it's like we got to kind of get over that a little bit and start working together to fund these other news sites because uh, they really need our help to be able to do the work that they do. Um, and in addition to that, um, in addition to, um, you know, following, you know, basically getting off mainstream media, following independent media, we also need to start fighting censorship laws because um, right now the Internet is a better source of news than TV, but that's rapidly changing um, I was looking at the stats, and 80% of the top 20 news online news sites are owned by 100 of the largest media companies. So the people that control the TV are rapidly trying to buy up the Internet as well. Um, so, and, and part of that is they, they're using sites like Facebook and Twitter to censor out independent media and only promote mainstream media. Yeah, um, and it's a, a conservative view about kind of like, the private, the nationalization of social media sites, and making sure they're like uh, public utilities, because it's kind of like the final frontier of public discourse and civil engagement. Even if you know, I get on Facebook and I'm annoyed by like the Trumpers and the the liberals who all think that like if we vote Joe Biden, everything will be rainbows and butterflies. It's still it's still a place where you can have people who don't agree with you. You don't agree with their politics. And you can have a, a discussion. Sometimes it's just yeah, a yelling and match. That's be, but but that, it's it still should be allowed. Yeah, because I be. feel like that's a it's a black hole that I feel like the left falls into even more than the right. About you know like when Alex Jones was getting censored in all media or like now the QAnon shit. Um, I I think like I think Alex Jones is a fucking fool. I think QAnon is bullshit. But I don't. You shouldn't want to censor and give Twitter and Facebook the power to shut down these sites because guess what they're that's going to come back and they're going to use it on you and use it on the shit you you like so yeah i personally don't want to see any alex jones shit but i think he should have the right to be on any of these platforms because if people want to listen to him that should be their fucking freedom we shouldn't be giving these huge corporations the power to censor what's coming to us so if you really believe in the first amendment freedom of press freedom of speech even if you don't like something you should still allow them to have that same freedom because 
if you allow these corporations to block it from them, it's going to come back to you 10 times as hard. And what's interesting is the conservatives wrote a lot about like why they're against um, making social media and sites like Twitter, Facebook and things like that um, public utilities. And they say, in a time of shrinking civic space, and this is from the Harvard Kennedy School, so their business school. In a time, Another hippie organization. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but this is a conservative view. This is like straight up conservative. Uh, in a time of shrinking civic space, social media is the last arena for civic debates in many countries that do not have the level of free speech present, that do not have the level of free speech present in Europe and the United States, which we know is steadily shrinking. But government regula- regulations would stifle the ability for public to express themselves and communicate with each other on these social media sites if they were regulated or, or nationalized. So they're like, they have to stay in the private hands. The downside about staying in private hands is that those companies are always beholden to their shareholders and their board members, not to the public. It's just that simple. And I think you can make the argument that the internet is as integral to life in the U.S. as any as water as a vehicle. You know, if you take away, how are you going to get a job if you don't have the internet? I mean, especially with COVID, everything is online now. So, and it's disproportionately poor people can't afford the internet, or they have. You know, I see problems with poor families have like eight kids all trying to attend school going on the same internet server. You know, so. The internet has become a way of life. You need it to function in the society that we have. So as long as that's true, if it's like water, if it's like air, if you need it to survive, it should be a public utility. We should have a, a, a democratic say in how it functions, and everyone should have access to it. Yeah, and that's why the net neutrality thing was such a big deal um, a few years ago, and they, and they got their way. Because that's a way for private corporations to finally crush and own the final frontier of independent media, independent thought. Um, myself and Brian, we operate through Anchor Podcast, and that allows us to get our voice out uh, to to the masses. And we're just two, you know, two guys at the mics, Mike. And you know, as I say in all these podcasts, uh, we're probably not qualified to talk about none of the shit we talk about, but we talk about it anyway. And you know, has a has a has a democracy. You should have that. People should be able to express their opinions, even if their opinions are abhorrent. Um, there, there's a, uh, there's a lyric I really like that's called, you know, uh, it's, uh, you don't need a three piece suit to argue the truth. Yes. And it's fucking true. Yeah, you, know? you don't need to be an attorney or anything like that. You just got to be a person who's well read. And I think the final piece of our solution as far as like, um, freedom of press and freedom of speech and kind of questioning it. I think one of the things is unfortunately with these, with these mainstream media and these you know, internet sites and things like that, um, even if they're, you know, independent media, Research for yourself. Think for yourself. Read. As the Immortal Technique said in one of the end of his songs, read, 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 read. Understand things. We have Wikipedia yes. nowadays. You can research stuff. We have the power of the internet. We have lots and of... And Wikipedia isn't always the best for history. Stuff. It isn't always They're... the best, but even you can... Read books. You can start books there. The you, can, you can start with Wikipedia, yeah. but you have but... the internet at your hand and your smartphone. So f- utilize that. If you if, don't just take everything you you see and view on TV has face utilize value. The, yeah, utilize the library too. It's one of the last uh, last bastions of awesome socialist programs that we have. Yeah. Um, that will be books going are, one day. B- Books are the best uh, for getting truth and learning about things. Uh, TV's horrible. Internet's better. Books are best. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, yeah being well read. You can is super you can important. always go to the library. Libraries are free for now. You can go there, so that's accessible to everybody. But think for yourself. Critical thinking, because in a democracy, a true democracy, you need an engaged public. You need a public that has critical thinking skills. And sometimes I'm thinking like George Carlin is right. Like you know, we we got people smart enough to run the machines, but never question it. And you should question, as our podcast talks about, everything. Um, even the shit that we're saying tonight on this podcast. You'd be like, I don't agree with Lord Ed and Brian. I'm going to go research for myself. Do it. We, we, we Great. Yeah. Read some books about it. You know, go online, research it. Like, watch some documentaries. My, my, go ahead. Yeah. My views have changed so much over the last, you know, two decades. So even... You know, I might not agree with myself later on <laughs> this decade. You exactly. Know? So, yeah, thinking for yourself is is just the most important part, probably. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, was there anything else you wanted to say before we got to quotes? Um, no, all I, all I have to say is folks need to definitely critical thinking is is imperative. Um, question everything. Don't just take everything at face value. I think if we lived in a true, robust, free society everybody would do that and that doesn't mean you can't believe people and not trust people but always do your research for yourself and you know we we should be advocating for that and the fact that we have a pretty lower literacy rate in this country which we do unfortunately um says it all and 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 also there's one random fact that i I found out years ago doing some research (laughs) so they talk about people who read books and it seems like folks with college degrees and advanced degrees after they graduate from their you know programs read less than folks individuals who have high school diplomas so the the folks who are considered the uneducated masses in this country because only like 30 percent of people in this country have a college degree according to according to the data and also according to the fact that college is expensive and who wants to get into student debt but the people with high school diplomas are the ones who are actually reading I always encourage everybody to read for yourself, think for yourself, question everything. Um, even in, in we can, we should do a podcast about school and how that indoctrinates you and it's propaganda, but that'll be a future podcast. But And how education shouldn't end when you leave that building. Yeah, and mm-hmm. how we do education. It's just it's born, it's dry, and of course like if you go through like twelve or thirteen years of that, when you get done you're like, Fuck it, I don't fuck school. It's boring. But education and learning about shit is like fantastic. Like Brian and I talk about the universe when we're not talking about politics and shit like that. And it's some of the most fascinating mind bending shit you can ever imagine. And it's well researched, it's well studied. There are people far smarter than myself and Brian who've researched this people like Carl Sagan, people like Stephen Hawking, people like Einstein, people like um um Dr. Gates, people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, people people like Mary Curie. These are folks who are, you know, into science. But but think for yourself. That's the most important thing. Another lyric that I really like is uh, education is the only thing given that can't be taken. So um, education is just huge and the, the value of it is priceless. Yeah, you can self-educate. Uh, so you don't need a fancy college degree from University of Chicago or Harvard to be educated. You can you can you can go to the library. You can research things yourself. You can, you know, and if you can't read, look for literacy programs in your in your area. Um, reach out to it's not the line profits doing things. Um, that's one thing we should definitely address because we do have a literacy problem in this country, and that and that's part of the design. 
if you don't if people can't read for themselves and even sign their own names how they gonna be able to think critically about what's being told to them what's being sold to them by the politicians by those in power by the corporations they can't question things because they can't even they don't even have access to basic knowledge because they can't read so that's definitely a big problem and that we should address as a, a nation all right so wrapping it up what uh what quote do you have um, so I have a quote by Immortal Technique, and it's a, a song of his called Fourth Branch of the Government. And he refers to the fourth branch of the government as the mainstream media, as Brian and I so eloquently or not so eloquently spoke about tonight. And I'll just read the kind of hook from that song. It's like MK Ultra controlling your brain, suggestive thinking, causing your perspective to change. The point of view of the ghetto the fourth branch of the government want us to settle a bandana full of glittering generality fighting for freedom and terror but what's the reality martial law is coming soon to the hood to kill you while you're hanging your flag out your project window all right and my quote um comes from Malcolm X. Um, It's not necessarily one quote. He spoke about the media often. um, So I kind of just took some excerpts from a a couple different ones, but um, basically he said, uh, the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent. If you're not careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving those who are doing the oppressing. So... Um, freedom of press can be your greatest ally or your biggest enemy, um, depending on where you get your news source from. Um, so like we mentioned, we're going to share all our favorite independent news sources. Uh, obviously we highly recommend you check them out. If you have some of your own that we don't have on there, please let us know. I'm always, um, on the hunt for some good new, uh, news sites. Um, so we'd, uh, and podcast. Oh, and podcast. Yep. Don't forget about those. (laughs) Um, so we just want to, uh, thank everyone for listening. Thank you, Lornette. Uh, please, uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Q culture, Q U E C U L T U R E. That's Q culture on Twitter and Q culture one on Facebook. Uh, we highly, highly encourage everyone to ask us questions, start a civil debate, Um, provide topic discussions for future episodes, and also check out all the links to the documentaries, books, and articles we mentioned on this episode. Thanks again for listening, and remember to question everything. Everything. Any views or opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to Brian and Lornette and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that Brian and Lornette may or may not be associated with in any professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.